The next-gen car impresses yet again, this time from Kansas Speedway. We're going to be going over everything from the weekend, from Zane Smith continuing his dominant season in the truck series, Kurt Busch taking yet another team to victory lane, and this time 23-11 racing. We'll also be discussing tire issues for playoff hopeful drivers, Logano continuing to make comments about Byron, and we also look ahead to next week's All-Star Race at Texas on this episode of Three Wide. On Saturday, you had the Truck Series get a chance to shine, racing the day before the Cup race with the Xfinity Series off. John Hunter Nemechek and his teammate Corey Heim, they started out on row one. Uh, and by the time the stage checkered fell at the end of stage one, Corey Heim would get the stage win, followed by Ty Majeski in second and Zane Smith in third. You had Chandler Smith finish fourth and John Hunter Nemechek in fifth. Derek Krause, he would finish in sixth and Ben Rhodes in seventh. Matt Crafton would finish in eighth, followed by Tanner Gray and Carson Hosovar. They would round out the top ten. Stage two, it was a lot of the same, just some positions flip-flopped. You had Zane Smith get the stage win. Corey Heim finish in second. John Hunter Nemechek, he would finish in third, followed by Majeski in fourth. Ben Rhodes would get fifth, and Carson Hosovar in sixth. Tanner Gray, he would finish in seventh, followed by Derek Krause in eighth. Colby Howard in ninth, and Stuart Friesen in tenth. So you see by the end of stage one and two, the same guys were really running up front in, comp in um, with, with a strong chance to get the victory or get a solid finish. Corey Heim, he would unfortunately have some troubles, and that would take him out of the running of the race. So he missed out on a, a chance of another solid finish, possibly even another win, although that was highly unlikely because Zane Smith took the win in dominating fashion. Ty Majeski, he would get his best career finish in second, followed by Grant Enfinger in third. Chandler Smith, he would finish in fourth, and Christian Eckes in fifth. John Hunter Nemechek would finish in sixth, and Matt Benedetto in seventh. Derek Krause, he would finish in eighth, followed by Matt Crafton in ninth, and Ben Rhodes would round out the top ten. And as I said, it was a dominant day for Zane. He led 108 of 134 laps, so for most of the race, drivers were chasing him. This is his third win this season, and coming into the season, he only had three career wins total in his career. So he now has six total, and with the three this season, they've come at Daytona, Circuit of the Americas, and Kansas. So he's really covered all the tracks right now, except for short tracks. He gets that win. He'll he'll have a pretty balanced win total, and it seems like he's just got a good fit going with Front Row Motorsports. Uh, I don't know what it was with his time at GMS. It just never seemed. It always seemed like he was on edge. I don't know if it was uncertainty about sponsorship or not knowing what, what was going to happen with his career the next season. But it seems like with Front Row, he's he's really more relaxed and enjoying himself and able to worry more about going out and getting wins. So that's definitely been a good fit for him. It'll be interesting to see where he goes after this season. I mean, if he continues on this kind of streak until the end of the season, getting some more wins, getting solid finishes, maybe even come home with a championship, you know, where, where does he go? I don't think you know uh, another season of trucks would really do him any good the question is i mean does he go to xfinity with another ford team or a you know new team in general you know front row motorsports they're going to want to keep a hold of him kind of like they did todd gillen could he bounce straight to the cup series like todd and you know possibly take over uh, the car driven by michael mcdowell 
as possible. Uh, that, that'll be something to watch as the season winds down. That might be something we don't learn about till after the season is complete. Front Row Motorsports normally doesn't, doesn't announce anything till everything's all said and done. But still, it's been, it's been a great start to the season for Zane. It'll be interesting to see if he can keep the momentum up season long and, and continue to be a championship contender. But really, this truck race was, was relatively quiet. There was only four cautions in the whole race, and two of them were for the stage breaks. And the other two cautions they had were single-truck incidents. So a nice change of pace where normally these truck races can get chaotic and even just downright messy and, and can be embarrassing to watch there at the end as many wrecks as they can have. It was good to see these guys just race it out for most of the race and just kind of let the, the race unfold as it should naturally. So we'll see how that, if they can continue that into Texas next week, uh, where John Hunter Nemechek, he has been strong at that track. You know, Zane Smith, can he continue his momentum? Plenty of storylines to watch next week or come Friday night at Texas. So then you had the Cup Series kick things off Sunday. Uh, they did have a you know some rain Sunday morning, Saturday night. Uh, luckily, it wasn't anything to damage you know or threaten the start time for the race. Which even if it had, Kansas does have lights, so they wouldn't be put you know into a corner as far as having to try to hustle and hope for no more rain so they could get the race in. Uh, when the race kicked off, you had Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick on the front row. Those were two guys, you know, especially Reddick, he seemed to be the favorite for this weekend with the way Kansas is multi-grooved. You can run up against the wall. He, he was the one everybody was looking at that could finally break through and get his first career win. Christopher Bell, he's another guy who this type of racing fits more into his wheelhouse. So it was no surprise to see these two guys starting up front. It was just going to be a matter of would they be able to stay there. And before we get deeper into the race, our stage finishes and our top 10 and when the checkered flag fell, uh, in stage one, you had Kyle Busch get the stage win, followed by Ross Chastain in second. Chase Elliott, he would finish in third, followed by Tyler Reddick in fourth. William Byron, he would finish in fifth, followed by Martin Truex Jr. in sixth. You then had Bubba Wallace seventh and Eric Jones in eighth. Ryan Blaney in ninth and Alex Bowman, he would round out the top 10 for stage one. Then when stage two rolled around, this time you had Kurt Busch get the stage win, followed by his brother Kyle in second. Ryan Blaney, he would get third, and Austin Sendrick in fourth. Chase Elliott would finish fifth, followed by Larson in sixth. Ross Chastain, he would get seventh, and Denny Hamlin in eighth. Joey Logano, he would finish in ninth, and Bubba Wallace would round out the top ten. So early on, kind of like in the truck race, you see you know same names up there a lot, like Kyle and, and Kurt. Uh, Chase Elliott, Larson, a lot of guys you would expect to see up front at this type of track. They they were having good solid runs, and when the checkered flag fell, you had Kurt Busch getting the win, followed by Kyle Larson in second. Kyle Busch he would finish in third, and Denny Hamlin in fourth. Christopher Bell would get fifth, followed by Martin Truex Jr. in sixth. Ross Chastain he would finish in seventh, and Ricky Stenhouse in eighth. Alex Bowman would finish ninth, and Bubba Wallace would round out the top ten. So Kurt Busch, he comes away with the win after a, a exciting battle with Kyle Larson there and pretty much most of the last stage of the race. And, and Kurt, he just continues to elevate whatever team he's driving for. You know, you look back when he was with Roush and Penske, two of the top teams in the garage, especially Roush at that time. He was able to get a championship, multi-wins. Same with Penske. He was able to get a, get a lot of wins with them. 
and then he had to kind of rebuild his career after some incidents off the track. And, you know, he got with James Finch. And while he may not have visited Victory Lane with them, he did elevate that program, was in the running for several races, whereas that's things that, that Phoenix Racing and James Finch, they weren't used to at least on a – at least multiple times in a season or anything outside of super speedway racing. Uh, the next year, he was then with Furniture Row, and that was before they had the alliance with Joe Gibbs and really turned into a powerhouse team with Truex. Well, Kurt, he really kind of became, you know, was the you know base for that jump up for that team because he brought uh, a lot more competitiveness for that team and consistency, and was able to help them take that next step to what they would become. And then from there, he joins you know Stuart Haas Racing where he wins, you know, his first Daytona 500, gets a few wins with them, goes then from Stuart Haas to Chip Ganassi, where Ganassi was one of those teams that could, you know, get some wins. They weren't really championship contenders, and Kurt was just a perfect fit for them. He was able to get some wins at, like, his home track in Las Vegas, and then the battle at Kentucky with his brother Kyle. And now he goes to 2311 Racing, and again, pulls another win out just from nowhere. His last multi-win season was in 2015 when he was driving for Stuart Haas Racing. Since then, or since 2014, he's won at least one race. Uh, Before that, that was the two seasons he was with Phoenix Racing and and Furniture Road Racing. He didn't win either one of those seasons. But as soon as he rejoined Stuart Haas, who was a, a top team, he's back in victory lane. So Kurt continues to prove what a valuable asset he is for these teams. You know, he can turn you know, teams that are struggling to get out of the cellar with results and automatically get them, help start getting them, you know, runs in the top 10, top five, get some upset chances. And even when he was with like Furniture Row Racing, the same deal, they weren't necessarily, you know, at the bottom of the running order each season or each race, but he was able to elevate them to more consistency. So Kurt, he's, been making cup starts since 2000 and here we are in 2022 and he's still able to pull out wins you know he's definitely you know able to do things that you know some of the greatest drivers that have raced in the cup series haven't been able to do when they get towards the end of their career you know you look at jimmy johnson how he struggled to win those last two or three years with hendrick and you know jimmy will go down as one of the greatest of all time and then you got Kurt out there who's still able to come through and get the wins, get himself in the playoffs, and, and as I said, just bring a lot more to the team, help them to go to that next step. Um, overall, it was a solid day for Toyota as a whole. All five of their cars were in the top ten. Kurt's teammate, Bubba Wallace, he had a great car, but he had to keep overcoming pit crew mistakes. He had made a comment over the radio. He felt like he had a top two car. You know, and, and that very well may could may have been. Um, to me, looking at him, you know how he ran throughout the race. He definitely had a top five car. So, and he comes back with a tenth place finish after all he had to go through. So it was a still a solid day for him. You know, so what could have been? You know, could he have gotten up there and competed with Kurt and Kyle Larson for the win? Who knows? But overall, for guys like Denny Hamlin, who, who this has you know been a really down year for him. Able to come away with with a solid finish. The same for Christopher Bell and Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch. All in all, Toyota has to be happy, and they have to be hoping that this is a step in the right direction. This wasn't just a one-week deal like Richmond was for Denny. 
you know, and we'll see. We're about to go to a nice stretch of mile-and-a-half races with the All-Star Race at Texas, and then you got the Coke 600. So they'll have a little bit idea, better idea of where they stand by the time those two races are complete. And then throughout the race, you know, drivers like Tyler Reddick, he was the favorite, as I said, coming in, coming into this race. I had Eric Jones as kind of a dark horse. Wouldn't be surprised to see him running up front. Uh, Daniel Suarez was another one who could have a solid run, see if he could, you know, keep up with his teammate Ross Chastain. And for the most part, they were they were doing great until they ran into some tire issues. And for Daniel, it was while he was running fourth in stage one, he was showing, you know, great speed. He had his teammate right there with him in front of him and was able to keep up with him. Going into turn three and four, loses a rear tire, spins it around, hits the outside wall with the front of his car, and, and that kind of set back his day in a big way, which was unfortunate to see because it seems like any time Daniel gets, you know, takes two steps in the right direction, he goes one back. You know, just bad luck bites him. It's almost as bad as what it was with Truex back when he was with Michael Walter Racing in his early days at Furniture Row. He just cannot get that bad luck out from behind him. Uh, Eric Jones, he had a different type of tire issue. They were making pit stops during the caution in Stage 2, uh, and his team, they could not get the right rear tire off, and they looked like they pulled every tool out of their toolbox out to try and get this thing. I mean, it looked like they had the grinders, they had, you know, huge, you know, power drills, wrenches, just anything they could to get this tire off. They were able to, but not before they had lost a handful of laps. And it really set them back on, you know, on their day. And they had been running, you know, fringe top 10, top 15, you know, top speed. Could have had another solid day, good points day for him, try and make up some of what he's lost. Uh, unfortunately, with that one issue, that just pretty much took him out of anything solid and positive to take away from the day. Tyler Reddick, he was, you know, while he wasn't dominating, he was still up there running in the top five, the top three. You know, he, he was still having a very good day if he could have just finished it off. Unfortunately, he lost a tire in stage two while he was in the top five and made some contact with the wall. And like Eric Jones, that, you know, pretty much ended his day, his chances at having a solid finish. Um, and, and, you know, kind of like Suarez, Tyler, just nothing but bad luck. You know, he gets, go back to Bristol Dirt. He gets us, you know, one corner away from getting his first career victory, gets that taken from him. And it just seems like after that, he just cannot catch a break in his way. But now shifting forward to the end of the race, man, you had some good hard racing between Kyle Larson and Kurt Busch. And these are, you know, two of the best to go at it. You know, going back to even with, you know, 86 laps to go, Kyle Larson, he was, you know, trying to pass Kurt for the lead. He attempted to do a slide job. And when he does it, he winds up getting ahead of Kurt, but gets sideways. And I mean, it looked like he was just straight sideways. I don't, the only reason he didn't spin was because his right rear corner made contact with the wall. And I think that's what saved him from spinning that thing around. And it also helps he had a veteran like Kurt behind him who saw what was going on and was able to let off and, and you know keep himself off of Kyle to make the, the matter worse. Kyle, he was able to keep it going straight and stay up there with Kurt in second place, keep himself in contention. And it really got fun to watch with, you know, in the last 20 laps or so, 
You had both drivers running up towards the top. Kyle, of course, right up against the wall. Kurt, he was just about a lane, lane and a half down from Kyle, just trying to keep, you know, clean air on the nose as he could so he'd get a good run at him. Uh, you had them side drafting each other, running close, nothing crazy, but just good hard racing. And with eight laps to go, you had Kurt attempt, looked like a, his own slide job on Kyle, but uh, you could see about middle of the corner, Kurt, he starts trying to slide up like he's going, you know, do this, complete the slide job. And at this point, I don't know if he got a little loose or Kyle had just so much momentum in going his way. Kurt was not clear. Uh, and you could see Kyle, he gets in the wall, you know, scrapes up the right side of his car. Kurt, he was having to get out of the gas. They were, they were both really working hard on their cars. Um, luckily again, racing a veteran like Kurt, he didn't push the issue and keep, you know, trying to go up and, and block or pinch Larson even more in the wall. Uh, but the damage was already done at this point. Larson, he had made con, you know, hit the wall, fell back a little bit. Kurt's able to clear him and ultimately drive away for the win. Kyle Larson, he was able to finish, hold on and finish in second. And this is what I love. And it was just, it's such a different thing than what we saw last week at Darlington. You know, they asked Kyle about it after the race, you know, after getting in the wall and Kyle says, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here that they, they were racing for the win. Kurt never got into him. He, Kyle said he got tight while trying to, you know, squeeze the throttle going out of a uh, turns one and two when Kurt was trying to do a slide job. And that's ultimately what caused him to get in the wall and talked about how fun it was racing with Kurt. You know, and, and to me, that's, I, I love, love that just because you see the, you know, professionalism of both those drivers. Kurt, he has always been a hard racer. You know, I wouldn't label him, especially in his later years as a, you know, dirty driver. He's a guy who's going to go out there and get up on the wheel and, the, and he's going to race hard. If you bump him, he's going to bump you back. And he's not going to take it personal, and he doesn't want you to take that hit personal. You know, it's just racing for everything you got. So, Kurt being a veteran and Kyle just being the, you know, right now probably the best driver in the Cup Series at this moment, it, it was fun getting to watch these two drivers compete, give it all, lay it all on the line. And here you have another new winner on the season, Kurt, getting a playoff position. And, you know, these, these playoff positions, they keep, you know, we get, keep getting less and less. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, by the end of the Coke 600 and, you know, the next few races after that where we stand because we are getting close to that 16 position threshold for winners. So these drivers that don't have wins that are in, that are above the cut line, they're going to start feeling the pressure that they've got to come through and get a win. And the same can be said for those under the, the cut line, like Suarez, like your Reddicks, like your Eric Jones. They know to get in, points are not going to be good enough. They have to get the win. So each week, this just keeps getting more and more important. And you're going to start seeing drivers, you know, start to, you know, flirt more and more with that line of out of control and doing whatever they have to do to get the win. And speaking of doing whatever you have to do to get the win, you had Joey Logano could not pass up an opportunity to uh, keep digging a little bit on William Byron. You know, of course, he was asked by the media. He's just answering their question. But the answer he gives was was quite in, you know, interesting. He was uh, being interviewed by Bob Pockress. And this video, it is on his uh, Twitter feed. Uh, 
Logano basically tells them, you know, tells to Bob, uh, talking about William Byron, if he wants to keep going back and forth, I'll keep swinging. I don't think that's a good play for him in the long run. He can keep going, but I can promise you I'll keep going and I'll go bigger every time. So that tells me Logano has obviously forgotten about 2015 when he kind of had that same attitude that, hey, it is what it is. And he kind of has that little cockiness about it like he did in 2015 with Matt Kenseth. And obviously he for, he's forgotten about Martinsville, you know, so it may not be best for Logano in the long run to keep, you know, poking the bear. You know, William, he's never really been in a situation like this as far as his Cup Series career goes. And I can't remember of an incident in the truck or the Xfinity Series when he was racing in those series. You know, he, William's in a spot where he's just about got to retaliate or do something just so he doesn't, you know, start getting the perception of you can kind of push him around. So, like I said, I William, I think, is going about it right. Just, you know, he, he William did tell the media, and I'm paraphrasing, basically, he doesn't see them as even. You know, he definitely sees as he owes Logano one. And I'm sure we will see that come to fruition. I would not and do not see it happening now. This is something I could see carrying over to the playoffs. William... You know, I can see him just biding his time, keeping his mouth shut. And if the opportunity presents itself at some time in the playoffs, whether it's, you know, Bristol, uh, the Roval, Martinsville, where where you normally see these kind of incidents happen, I'm sure he will take full advantage of it. But, you know, for Joey just last week to talk about he ain't going to be bullied and then come out and make comments like this saying, you know, how he's going to keep going and he'll go bigger every time. That's probably not the best comment from a guy who, you know, has the history Logano does and even has a history of sending a driver to a hospital with a broken back. You know, Logano just might want to tone it down, focus more on his season, because besides that win, it, it hasn't been your typical Joey Logano season. So he definitely might want to worry more about just getting the best results he can and as many playoff points as he can, just in case something does happen come playoff time. So now we get to the spotlight section of our show where we put the spotlight on drivers who did not come away with the trophy, but they came away with solid finishes. They were able to overcome any adversity they had during the race day, able to get up on the wheel and, and make the most out of what they equipment they were given. For the truck series, my spotlight driver is Derek Krause, who finished in eighth. Uh, he's been inconsistent this season. This is just his second top 10 this year. He has shown speed at times. You know, last year, Derek, he was kind of known as the guy that was going out and wrecking everybody and constantly getting himself in the middle of everything. This year, it hasn't been as prevalent for him, at least yet. Um, so he has shown, you know, he has been involved in some incidents that really were none of his own doing that have ruined really good runs, and he probably could have had a, a good top five or two by this point. Um, just unfortunately, just bad luck or – Things happen out of his control. So a, a good solid step for his season. We'll see if he can, you know, take advantage of this finish and carry it over into Charlotte, or not Charlotte, Texas this upcoming weekend. I apologize. Um, and, and hopefully come away with another top 10 finish. Just keep trying to build up points and put yourself in position for victories. 
uh, in the Cup Series, I have two spotlight drivers. My first one is Bubba Wallace. As I mentioned earlier, you know, with the issues with his pit crew there at the end, costing him positions, able to overcome that and come away with uh, his second top ten on the season. You know, he definitely this car that he had at Kansas with his best car he's had all season, had a lot of speed. So, you know, hopefully I, I know it's definitely not the positive that he probably wanted or expected especially with the car he had, but it's still a top 10 solid points day. You were able to get stage points in each stage. Hopefully he can carry this over into uh, the Coke 600, the next points race for them. Uh, it's another mile and a half. Toyota's got to be, drivers have got to be feeling good about the way the race went for them Sunday. So we will see if he can keep that momentum up and, and you know, just, just finish the race, get a good solid finish out of it he he's another driver who just has been involved in things kind of out of his control and hasn't gotten the finishes that he really deserves and that the cars that he's had this season uh my second spotlight driver i, I also got to do one for austin Cindric. while he didn't get a top 10 he did finish in 11th he's had a typical rookie season besides his win at daytona earlier this season he's shown flashes but he's also gotten mixed up in some things made some rookie mistakes we know he's good at road courses, and we have several of them still to come. We still got Road America. We still have the Roval. We still got Watkins Glen, Sonoma. You know, so he still has plenty of opportunities to get some solid finishes, maybe get some some sta- some stage points or some playoff points from those, maybe even sneak up and get another win. Who knows? Um, as I said, he has shown flashes. We knew last year part-time and his part-time starts at these road courses. He's led laps. He can get it done. It's just a matter of, you know, getting that consistency and taking advantage of the equipment that he has. But now we look ahead to this weekend's race. Race is at Texas where we have all three series competing. You have the trucks racing on Friday with John Hunter Nemechek defending his race victory from last year. You have Todd Bodine and Ross Chastain making starts as well. Todd, Texas, you know, Texas is one of his better tracks. Can you know, and he was able to get a top ten at Darlington. So we'll see if he can build off that finish and get another top ten at this track. Uh, on the Xfinity Series side, you got Kyle Busch, who's the defending winner there. However, he is not on the entry list, so he will not be there. So someone new will hopefully get a chance to lift the trophy in Texas. You got. Tyler Reddick and William Byron making starts. Tyler's back in the 48 car. William Byron's making a start for Junior Motorsports in the 88. Jeffrey Earnhardt, he's getting a start for Sam Hunt Racing in the 26. So another opportunity and some solid equipment for him. And then you have Ryan Truex, who is making his last scheduled start on the season for Joe Gibbs Racing. You know, Ryan's been, you know, up in the top five, top ten, solid days. For Joe Gibbs, he's just never been able to get to the checkered flag, just getting caught up in wrecks. Um, you know, he's still a guy trying to catch someone's attention, especially a uh, team caliber of Joe Gibbs Racing. So he's definitely going to be looking for a really strong day, a really strong finish to his run in Joe Gibbs Racing. And then Sunday, we have the All-Star Race, where Kyle Larson, he is the defending winner. And probably my favorite thing about All-Star Weekend, besides driver intros before the race starts and you get to hear the fan reactions, is the open races beforehand where drivers who have yet to win a regular season race and lock themselves into the All-Star Race get one last opportunity to get to the big show. Some solid 
drivers are in this open field. You got Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, Eric Jones, Daniel Suarez, Chris Buescher, Ricky Stenhouse, and Ty Dillon, just to name a handful. Um, they'll have the stages, you know, three stages where they get a chance to win and lock themselves into the all-star race itself. There's also the fan vote. So at least four of those drivers are going to get a shot at the all-star race. Um, so, you know, obviously I think Tyler Reddick's probably the biggest favorite out of that whole group to get a stage win and lock himself in. Same with Daniel Suarez, Eric Jones. He could, you know, easily get a win in one of the stages or Austin Dillon, who's won at Texas before in a regular season. So, as I said, the Open, especially in the last few years and at Charlotte, they, they had some exciting finishes, a lot of beating and banging for drivers just to try and get a shot. And it will be interesting to see what kind of fireworks go off Sunday at Texas Motor Speedway. And that'll do it for this week's episode of Three Wide. Once again, I thank everyone for joining and listening along. Be sure, if you haven't already, to hit that subscribe button on your Apple Podcast app or on Spotify. Stitcher or Google Podcast. You can also find me at anchor.fm slash 3wide3. Hope y'all have a good rest of your week, and we will meet same time next week again to go over All-Star Weekend at Texas Motor Speedway.